You're listening to the weekly Joel Klatt segment podcast. Listen to it live every Wednesday between 8 and 8.30 a.m. during the football season. Presented exclusively by Audi Flatirons in Broomfield. Exceeding your experience from the first mile to the last. Joel Klatt joins us yes. for his weekly visit. It is presented by Audi Flatirons, lead college football voice on Fox Sports. And he joins us now. Hello, Joel. What's up? How are you? We're doing good, Joel. So, um, London, it's a good time By to go. By the way, I'll throw a, a few extras in any any word, right. Mark. So, uh, like, I think that's like extra credit. Right. Uh, you can find a place to throw in an extra, then good for you. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'll just throw anything. It doesn't matter to me. I'll, I'll double up <laughs> vowels. Consonants, yeah, two L's. Why not? Yeah, why not? It, what, 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 my, my oldest Henry is in fifth grade, and like he'll he'll be like studying his vocabulary and 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 spelling words, and I'll look at it and I'll be like, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And Sarah's always like, no, no. Right. Like, oh, well, you know, good try, bud. Yeah, good, good ever. I can't tell that's you how many times balls. I can't tell you how many times the kids brought homework home and I got them a D on it. <laughs> like, hey, yeah, D for yeah. diploma yeah. kids. Hey, that's how daddy know, works. D's get degrees. Yeah, All right, what's up? <laughs> Hey, a great time to go to London, right? When the heat's on, get off, go to London, and fix things. Uh, what are the odds? What are the odds that this offense and this coaching staff have at fixing um, the dreck that is the Broncos' offense? I would say low to quite low. Mm-hmm. I, they just haven't inspired any confidence, uh, at least thus far in the season. I, I get it that they outgamed you know the Jets, but their their red zone issues throughout the season, their inability to sustain any sort of consistency in any facet of offense um, has been troublesome, to say the least. Uh, their inability to be creative and, and create explosives has been really poor, uh, obviously. So at least to me, when I watch them, I have... I, well, I mean, zero is a strong way. I, I just have no belief that this is going to turn around. That wouldn't be based on anything. That would just be the faith. You would, ha- you would have to have faith in the Denver Broncos because it would be belief in something completely unseen. Nathaniel Hackett this week said he had uh, no interest in changing anything up, no interest in giving up the play-calling duties. Mark uh, just did a Giants game this past week in which Brian Dable, who worked wonders with Josh Allen in Buffalo, got the head job with the uh, with the Giants and immediately gave up play calling duties. Uh, other coaches have done it as well. What what from your vantage point? What does that say about Nathaniel Hackett that he appears reluctant to give up play calling duties, at least maybe even on the short term? Yeah, I, you know it's interesting because generally speaking. The best coaches, and I'm going to give you a bunch of college examples. So I know that this is not necessarily the NFL, though you can you can trace this to Bill Belichick as well. But the best coaches adjust and and evolve, um, whether it's a style standpoint or a leadership standpoint, um, their responsibilities, uh, the way that they delegate, all of those things, and the the guys that dig their heels in and just want to stay static. And I, those are the guys that generally speaking um, don't succeed. Let me give you a bunch of examples in, in college football. And then I, I think we all know kind of like the Bill Belichick, like we, we've seen him evolve. But 
Mike Gundy at Oklahoma State, he, he was a play caller when he first started as a head coach. And once he gave it up, they started to become the program that they are now, which is a program that averages about eight and a half, nine wins a year. And, and in some cases, they'll get to the 10 win mark. They play for Big 12 championships. Ed Ogeron was floundering a bit in his career, really everywhere he went as a head coach until he brought in Joe Brady as a play caller and, and Joe Burrow as a quarterback. And he evolved and adjusted and won a national championship. Bob Stoops had had so much success at Oklahoma, won a national championship, played for several more, and yet all of a sudden it started to get stagnant and he evolved. He fired Josh Heupel who he was close with and won him a national championship when Heupel was a quarterback and brought in Lincoln Riley. And that program took off and started finding more success. Gary Patterson did the same thing at TCU. He was a defensive-minded, oriented coach, and he realized where the Big 12 was going once they joined that conference, and he brought in a guy named Sonny Cumbie along with Doug Meacham, and they took off and started to have success. They were you know, a play away from the playoff a few years ago. Mike Bellotti at Oregon did the same thing with Chip Kelly, when he brought him in as the OC, Urban Meyer did the same thing. Post-winning national championships, knew that he had to get better, brought in Ryan Day. And Nick Saban famously has won national championships over different cycles of both offenses and coordinators and famously evolves into a point where he's changing the style of quarterback that he brings into the program and the style of coordinator that he wants calling the plays. And that's when they really started taking off offensively and evolved to the point where they could get into the shootout and win under Lane Kiffin and then Steve Sarkeesian and now moving forward with, with, with Bryce Young as the quarterback. Every one of these guys has evolved. You saw the Patriots evolve through the years. They won with defense. They were running the football. Then they were throwing the football. Bill Belichick adjusts. So when you just dig your heels in when it's clearly not working, it suggests that you're not ready because the best leaders across all uh, aspects, but certainly football, adjust and evolve when needed. And I would say that one of the issues right now with this offense is Russell Wilson's wanting to evolve, but maybe he doesn't have the skill set to evolve. And you spent time in New Orleans. You spent time with Drew Brees. I think one of the most important things you can have as a player is to not only understand your strengths and to lean on those, but really maybe even more importantly, to understand your weakness and how to mitigate that weakness. And I would imagine you've got experience watching Drew Brees mitigate some of the weaknesses, mitigate the, you know, not doing some things that he knew he wasn't good at. And, and why does Russell not see this? Yeah, I think that that's interesting. I think that he's trying to put himself into a, a box that will allow him to play for longer and make more money, to be honest with you. I mean, his act is wearing incredibly thin in Denver, and I don't even live there, and I know that. I talk with all the people that I, I know and I'm friends with still back uh, in Denver, and you guys, you know, this is one of those conversations that I have. This one just plays out publicly. And his act is wearing thin. I think that the, the, the interesting part about strengths and weaknesses is that I think it's a misconception that you – that, that great players or even like individuals in the business world or, or whatever walk of life you find yourself in is that you're great because you have no weaknesses. That's a fallacy. Uh, that is, that is false. You, you become really good at whatever you do because you identify your strengths and then you build habits 
and 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 you build you know procedures is a probably a poor way to put it but you build habits and and you lean into those strengths drew Brees did that drew Brees knew that there were a couple of things that he was going to have to lean on three more in particular and i've talked about them with him one morning i remember early sitting there watching film and and otas and he talked about the three things that he thought he was really really good at were his feet so his ability to manipulate the pocket, not run around, but manipulate the pocket, find windows and find seams to throw in. Two was his ability to throw the ball accurately. And three was he thought he was really smart. And I think he was. I'm not suggesting that I disagreed with him, but that he was going to use his mind to, to his advantage. So what he did, along with Sean Payton, is that they built the offense and the system around those three things. And when you think about those three things, they showed up in spades uh, for the Saints, in particular during that, uh, you know, what I would categorize as really successful run with Sean Payton and Drew Brees. And so what he did is he identified his strengths and he leaned into those. And I think what, what you see from Russell and maybe even the Broncos is this, you know, utopian created, like, strength that they think that they can change into a, a different player. Now, when I talk about evolving from a coaching standpoint, I'm talking about those guys delegate, you know, delegating out responsibility and changing their staff and the orientation of their staff and, and, and things of that nature. From a player perspective, you very rarely evolve. You develop See, development is very different than evolving. You very rarely evolve as a player because you very rarely and, and almost never turn into something different. Your strengths don't change. Your weaknesses don't change. You've got to identify each, avoid your weaknesses, and really lean into your strengths. And I think the opposite is happening right now with Russell Wilson, whether it's based on his want to or the coaching staff. I'm not sure, but this is certainly not the blueprint that's going to be successful for any amount of time with his skill set, his strengths, and his weaknesses. Chop it up with uh, Joel Klatt. Joel, I got one for you, the quarterback in you. If the Broncos can get good value in a trade for Jerry Judy, should they do it? Or is he somebody you see still with a ton of potential, still worth investing in? I I mean, you know, I think you know exactly what I'm going to say. I, I, I just, I fail to see a team that won a Super Bowl because of a wide receiver, right? I mean, you, you might say Cooper Cup with, with the Rams, but to me, like a wide receiver is such a dependent position. You're third in line, sometimes fourth in line in terms of the de- dependency scale on your own offense. And is it nice to have that? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's nice to have that. But to me, it's like... It's, it's not something that you have to build around. And so if it's, if it's on the board and you can get really good value for it, I think that you would have to entertain that. Um, and in particular, because it, like, it's not working out right now for him here. Maybe it will somewhere else. I always thought he was a really good player. Uh, but the bottom line for me is I've always thought that wide receiver is a dependent position. You've got to be good up front. You've got to have the ability to cover on the outside. And, and then after that, you can kind of piece it together. Uh, Joel, who you got this weekend? I got Ohio State at Penn State. 
Ooh, that's a good one. That yeah, I'm excited. For that. I've actually never been to Penn State, so I'm I'm fired up. Happy Valley to go someplace different. Yeah, I've never been to Happy Valley. When the college football playoff rankings come out next week, who would be your top four right now? Well, you know what? What do I think they'll give us, or who's mine? Who's yours? Well, for for right now, I've got Ohio State number one. I've got Tennessee two, Georgia three, and Michigan number four. So those are my top four. I don't know if that's what the the committee will give us because I think that they're going to lean on resume uh, a little bit more, and maybe this this game will help Ohio State's resume. But I have a feeling that if Tennessee is able to beat Kentucky this week, that they'll go Tennessee number one just because of that win over Alabama. Mm. Okay, all right, Joel. should be fun. We'll be watching. Thanks, Thanks Joel. Boys, have a good one. All right. Yeah. I hope you guys have a great day. Yeah, you do too. Yeah, have an awesome day, and you're welcome. Smell yeah. spectacular. Don't do it, Joel. S P E C tacular. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. There you go. You're welcome. Thank you, Joel. You're welcome. Joel Klatt, lead college football analyst at Fox Sports, our guy. We visit with each and every week, presented by Audi Flatirons. Hello, this is Ryan Watson, Vice President and General Manager of Audi Flatirons and Audi Boulder Service. When was the last time a dealership delivered the experience you were looking for? Have you ever felt that buying a car was solely about making the sale? It should be about the relationship, beginning with your commitment to do business with us and continuing through the years to follow. Our team is dedicated to exceeding your expectations from the first mile to the last. Come see us in person or visit us online at AudiFlatirons.com or AudiBoulderService.com. 